podcast episode 62. I'm your host Elizabeth Collins and it's Sunday afternoon here in New Zealand and I am so full. I just ate the biggest brunch I've had in a long time. I had some a tofu uh, stir, a tofu, um, what's it called? Uh, What is that thing called? like a tofu scramble, that's the one, and I put in some of that black salt, because I'd heard that that gives it some interesting flavor, and um, anyway, it was just, oh, it was really good, I had some green bananas, and some toast, and I can barely move, but I just want to do my podcast. Um, This week, I want to tackle a couple of things that have come up recently. Um, One of them is a suggestion by my very good friend and wonderful abolitionist colleague Randy Sandberg and again I just want to urge people to go to quotes on slavery and it's an incredible website where there's quotes through history of anti-slavery advocates mostly coming from if they're human related um, they're coming from modern day slavery fighters people who are fighting human trafficking they're coming from the the time of um, African uh, American uh, race-based slavery, uh, and also in England, so is William Lloyd Garrison and stuff. And there's quotes from modern-day abolitionist advocates and vegan advocates. And then there's some pro-slavery quotes on there, which are also very interesting. But some of them are so inspiring. These quotes, especially the ones from centuries ago. It's kind of sad that we are so little advanced in our thinking in general but you know you look back a couple of hundred years and this is where we were towards human beings maybe 300 years now I don't know um and you know so look I mean you know we're we're, we are going to get there and that brings me to so I want to talk a little bit about something that Randy's um, suggested with me he gave me an idea for a podcast episode and he helped me with it and I'm going to talk about that but before I do and I don't know if I'm going to have time to, to cover everything there's always so much other stuff to talk about and I also want to talk about um, reiterate, I just want to go over again because I'm still trying to work out my thoughts on what I'm, what I mean about veganism diet and, and the, and the, that, because there are some misunderstanding, a lot of misunderstanding, and I've got some colleagues who I know are definitely misunderstanding me and I want to clear that up, but I don't know if I'm going to get along, get along to doing that today, but it's just going to be a continuation on to me trying to sort of, um, articulate my thoughts about what I mean when I say, when I see, when I see the advocacy that's going on and, related to um, the dietary aspect of veganism. Um, I don't want people to misunderstand me, so I'm going to clear that up, uh, maybe next podcast actually. So anyway, I just want to say thank you to a long-time listener of my podcast, somebody who's supported me and given me so much advice. In fact, he's the person who suggested that I stop calling myself Knuckles, and I took his advice, and um, I, I, I think it was great advice. Um and this is Doug Hines, and he is one of those unsung heroes. He's been doing, he just does his thing. He's a, he's a vegan activist. Um, I don't quite know or remember exactly where he lives. It's a small, you know, not a hugely, huge metropolis, not a lot of vegans. I believe he doesn't have any close vegan friends. Just doing his thing, you know, saying the message. He's got a website. He's very knowledgeable about nutrition and, and raw food as well, which is, as we know, very healthy food. I need to eat more raw food. Um, but he, he said to me, he sent me an email um, about 
I did a lot. My last podcast, I want to thank um, Roger Yates and Timothy Putnam for coming on, and we we were hashing over some some of the things that we we're encountering when we we're talking about veganism on internet forums. And I thought it was a really useful episode, and I hope that other people learned from it. And I had a lot of fun. I always have a lot of fun with with those guys, and we had a few laughs. But Doug has been um, putting forth an idea to me that he's been sort of trying to convey to me, and I and I and I do hear him. And um, I'll just briefly say what what he said. He said basically, basically what he said was, speak more about the place you're going and less about the process of getting there. He said, um, if you paint a picture, if you talk, you know, others will hear what you have to say. If you speak a way of being you want to create, he's very he's very much into speaking about the f- the, the future and the present, and and and. He what he quoted was Martin Luther um, Martin Luther's "I Have a Dream" speech, which is very coincidental because right now there's something horrible happening in the United States where um, it's just an awful rally about these people who are uh, they're on the site of the Lincoln Memorial where Martin Luther did the "I Have a Dream" speech, and I believe it is the date. I believe it's the anniversary of that speech as well. And they're um, they're seemingly quite racist people. And in fact, one of them has called Barack Obama a racist who hates white people. And I do think that it is race. I think it is a racial intolerance happening, and there's a rally. But anyway, we won't go into that. But it's a coincidence. Anyway, so um, getting back to the positive stuff that Doug said, <laughs> um, he just basically said um, he just suggested that I start doing that. And you know, I've tried to do it, and and, and I do, and I do, um, I do really, really appreciate that. And I am always going to keep that in mind. I really thank Doug for saying that, and I think he's right in a lot of ways. It, it was kind of a wake up call. Now, I do, um, I did get a response um, from someone who did, who did say, you know, basically. Um, he says, what we're doing is, is, this is sort of in response to what Doug said, he says, what we're doing is, is oh, this was actually from Timothy, who was in my last podcast, he says, you know, how can we be effective, that's what we're doing, and, and that's what I am trying to do, and um, and that we do need to, this problem needs to be analyzed so that we can solve it, he says, it's, it's basic education, um, so we, we do need to be visionary, um, but we, we shouldn't stop doing basic education um, about the problem. So I think that, you know, we'll find a balance. I mean, I, I am definitely touched, and, I you know, it really did, you know, um, give me give me an idea. And so one of the things I was going to talk about today, because I do this when I'm walking around, and, um, and, I, and I guess what I'm going to say to people is, you know, um, I think that we can do it more. I think we can do it more speaking about where we want to be, you know, and giving giving people, you know, that is also education, I think, as well, as long as we do it um, in a way that people can respond to. You know, it's all a learning process. To be honest, I kind of don't really know, you know, I'm so used to just talking about what's going on now, and um, it's, I have talked about the future and stuff, but for me, it's like, I guess it seems like such a distant future, and I sometimes... I, I want it to happen in my lifetime. Uh, I want to make it happen in my lifetime. Um, but I have to be honest, is sometimes I, I don't think it's going to happen in my lifetime. Um, and then maybe that affects the way I talk, me thinking that maybe I need to start thinking it is going to happen in my lifetime. Sometimes I do, you know. It seems to be accelerating more and more now. Um, 
I'm noticing little things, you know. Um, I'm noticing little things. Even silly things that are not the best things, like the potato chips um, in New Zealand, the salt and vinegar flavor. All of a sudden, stop using milk as a binder, and they're using maltodextrin. I mean, it's still nonsense, still chemicals and stuff, but it just, I just thought, wow, why did they suddenly stop doing that? It just seemed weird to me. Ever since I moved back to New Zealand, my, um, my horrible potato chip, chip addiction has been kept in check because they all have milk in them, except for the plain chips. But now they're, I don't know, it's just weird. And then I've seen like wines come out that say suitable for vegans on them, actually written on the wine. Um, I mean, I don't know, maybe this stuff is around, but I'm in New Zealand and, and, you know, there's just, it's, you can feel it. It's, it is happening. It is really, really happening, you know? Anyway, so what I what I do, I don't know if anybody else does this when they're walking around. Um, you know, I'm I'm like I might be walking down Queen Street or sitting in my stall, you know, and I watch the people go past, and there's mostly young people in groups, and they they glance over, and then they glance away, and they're too busy talking on their cell phones and. They're too busy going to their next party or going out to eat, you know. Or I see people sitting in cafes or I see people sitting in bars or I see people dancing or I see people, you know, having barbecues or having um, big celebrations or getting together to have a fundraiser for flood victims. And, you know... In my head all the time is, you know, everything that you're doing, you can do, you can do vegan. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if I'm using the, I mean, there's a little debate in philosophical circles as well about whether a thing can be vegan. I mean, a moral agent can be vegan. Is it is it really correct to say, you know, this is a vegan chocolate or whatever? But I don't know any better way to say it yet. When I do get one, I'm going to share it, and I'm very appreciative of people who are able to think those things through, but I just say vegan stuff at the moment. So I, in my head, I'm walking around, and I'm watching these people, you know, these young people, and I'm thinking, they have such a misconception. It's up to us to change that. They can sit around and, and look gorgeous and eat, you know, little cakes and drink coffee and have fancy coffees and have strawberry lattes with marshmallows. I mean, they can do all that vegan. They can they can dance. You know, you, I was at the orchestra last night. My mother gave me a ticket to go see the youth orchestra. And, you know, the drums and the strings, um, none of that needs to be made out of animals. We, more than ever before, we can be vegan and do things that before we discovered the synthetic alternative, we did rely 100% on the products of animal slaughter to do. Now, it doesn't mean I condone it being done in the past. Of course I don't. I don't think we ever should have done that, you know. But the bottom line is, I look at people and I'm just like, now, I live in a privileged country. I mean, these are all wealthy people. I mean, New Zealand's a rich country, so, you know, I'm talking about my community now, and with any luck, you know, once 
the rich of the world who are controlling all the resources, who are hugely responsible for devastation in other parts of the world just for our consumer products. Once we go vegan or start to go vegan and the word starts to spread to um, other nations, maybe the benefits start to be reaped of this peaceful and respectful way of living and still being able to enjoy yourself but it opens up something in you as well you know we won't be so self-centered it's not it's not nice to be so self-centered it's kind of ugly you know um when i look at people i try to look i try to look for beauty and i try to look for positive and i try to think positive but i am a victim to um depression just like anybody and sometimes i look and i'm like you're all so self-centered, you know, but then I was like that uh, most of my life, and in many ways I still am, I mean, you know, we, we, ha- we think too much, you know, we think too much, we have these really subjective, complicated mental ways of looking at the world, we don't know how to just be, which is one of the reasons why I love watching non-humans so much, not necessarily domesticated non-humans, They're, they are, I mean, even dogs and cats are you generally neurotic and they're just not i mean unless you you see a cat who is really relaxed outside but even then a car will startle them because they're in this sort of alien environment you know a human environment we're very relaxed in our own environment and we've created it and we've adapted to it um but um i don't i think it's a hostile environment for for our uh quote-unquote pets but um i mean i'm just talking like watching some of the favorite things I like to do is just watch nature documentaries and stuff, but even just watching the birds and, you know, or a spider spin a web, I think they ha- know the secret to life better than better than our species does. So, we, you know, we're so self-involved. But anyway, I just, when I'm walking around and I see these people, you know, I remember I was talking to, the, um, there's a, a chain of um, coffee um, chain uh, in Auckland, I don't know if it's nationwide, it's called Esquires, and they have fair trade coffee. Um, as I hope everybody knows, um, coffee is um, a major player in, in slave labor. A huge amount of it's slave labor. If you buy fair trade, um, you know, properly, proper fair trade coffee, I have it on good authority, you are not contributing to slave labor. So anyway, I drink there, and I, this struck me that time, it, it strikes me a lot, but I was sitting there, because I, I was meeting with somebody, you see, because there's a, there's a Esquire's right by the library, which is right by my university, and it was somebody who'd written to me about my AUT university group that I've been trying to start, which I still haven't got off the ground. I mean, I'm going to talk about that eventually. Um, I have a lot of thoughts about that, but... Um, and I was sitting there and I was looking at all these people and they were all like so, you know, bohemian and they had like their, you know, everybody had their own style and, you know, they had some people liked boots and some people liked, you know, shoes and some of the girls like sandals and some of the girls liked to dress punky and some of the guys liked to dress all, you know, whatever it's called, you know, um, grungy or whatever. And I'm just looking and they're all drinking, they're eating their fancy little cakes or their sandwiches and they're having their fancy coffees with like all this flavor and their flavor and, and you know it's all cow's milk and it's all butter and it's all animal products down to the clothes and I'm just looking at them and I'm like you know in my head I just saw that you know the exact same people 
relaxing and, and eating and drinking and it's all vegan foods and 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 clothing and um and it we you know that it's just it's so doable i mean all it takes is just i mean we do it you know when we when we're sitting around you know um the pro, the 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 thing that makes it hard for us is because we're in this species this world and we are in the minority we we know that we're maybe using something that has involved some kind of exploitation even the sidewalks we walk on or the car tires and we talk about these things there's all kinds of things that we have no control over i mean i can't levitate and I, as much as i wish i could i can't just go and live like in the middle of nowhere and just you know live in like a wood like a mud hut and just like eat berries and stuff i mean honestly i wish i could live like that but i don't know anyway but I look around and, you know, everything that we're doing, we could still have music, we could still have bars, you know, we can still, you know, and we can keep ourselves to ourselves, you know, I mean, we have enough space, I mean, human overpopulation is out of control, um, I think Mother Nature's going to do something about that, something's going to happen, um, I'm not having any kids, that's what I'm doing about that, but, um, I hope that, uh, less people decide to have children, but, you know, we can live, we have these cities, we can build upwards, or, or there's enough, like, one of the things I think about as well, is like, I look at, like, paper, and I look at plastic, and I'm like, we have enough, you know, surely we have enough to only recycle from now for the next like 500 years to only recycle we should not be making any new plastics or any new paper we should we should be able to recycle everything we need to change you know we need to change our our preference and it's all preference so like those glossy magazines drive me nuts i used to buy them i used to buy them so you know um it's it's not recycled paper because they wouldn't be able to get that super glossy, you know, look. You know, I like the way recycled paper looks. It's kind of like, um, it's kind of got lots of different colors in it, you know, because it's all mixed up bits of paper and it's it's kind of artsy looking and, it, and it's not shiny and, and, you know, whatever. But I like the way it looks. But, you know, if we were willing to just sacrifice our preferences, we could have a vegan human race because I when we say vegan world I mean the world is vegan if you want it if we want it the world is vegan that means us our world you know humans obviously um, some people wish that the entire planet was vegan there was no killing of any animals that the carnivores were able to survive without being carnivores I, I think it would be a beautiful world too I don't know if it's ever gonna happen on planet earth but uh, bottom line is I'm talking about us I'm talking about human beings so world is vegan and and it really really could be i mean we could decide and you know the innovations that we have for recycling and you know and it's all in self-interest i mean i listen to the bbc a lot and they have these big fairs and stuff and people have invented toilets that don't need to be flushed they don't need to use water they are this organically kind of recycling re 
and then they're using it as fertilizer because as we know humans are animals and all that nonsense about how we need animals to fertilize our crops well we're animals so we don't need to be breeding slaves and slaughtering them to get their manure to fertilize crops we make manure but um, apart from that, you know, we have all this innovation. So I look around at these young people and, you know, and it's hard because I, I just want to go up to them and say, you know, you could still look just as cute and you could still be having your, you know, your kick-ass coffee latte or strawberry hot chocolate or whatever it is that you're having. And it could all be vegan. There would be no animals used. We, and I just, oh man, we just, you know, it's, it's, it's just I look around that that's the thoughts that I have when I when I think about the when I when I do what I guess Doug is is saying we we should try to do consciously rather than unconsciously as I look now and I say this is where I want to be you know and that is where I want to be and I do strongly believe that when you go vegan you open up this part of you that's been closed off ever since you were made into a species by your parents and your society, the part of you that was closed off, the innocent part of you, the peaceful part, um, and you, you, you can touch it again, and you're so peaceful, and, um, and you know, um, even like, you, you just, it's just such a, I can't even find the words, but when everybody does that, there won't be as much, there'll still be self-centered people and we'll still be worried about ourselves and our economies and how to survive and la la la, but we'll be more, we'll be more aware, I mean we'll have, we have the brains to do it, to survive to come up with ways of living that are less harmful you know because as we know even vegan agriculture vegan building you know like I say I'm using the qualifier vegan here because it's all I know how to do right now so um, I don't really know how else to say it but when I say vegan building I mean you know building buildings without using animals to as for labor without using their body parts without um, destroying their environment um, permanently polluting them and killing them that way you know um, uh, that's what I mean by vegan building okay Um, and we can do it you know Um, I have like when I have a garden which is I'm going to get it my own little garden out the back because I finally have a place where I have a backyard it's not my backyard I share it with I was like four flats in this building but Nobody else uses the backyard, and I can build a garden there because there was a trampoline there, and there's this bit of lawn the size of a trampoline. I hope everybody knows what a trampoline is. That's what we call it in New Zealand anyway. Anyway, it's like uh, um, it's like about the size. I thought it was a shed. I thought there was a garden shed there because it's just a dirt there. There's no, you know, there's no grass, and so the landlord won't care if I put a vegetable garden there because it's not like I'm taking over his lawn. And he's a really cool landlord, I'm sure he would. But you know, I am not going to use any pesticides obviously um i mean i'm going to do veganic gardening and um you know you think about i have these little lettuce plants my sort of my first foray into gardening has been growing my own lettuces and some basil and yeah the snails get on there and they make a few holes but i still have tons of lettuce i mean i know there are plagues of insects that can devastate entire crops of food. I mean, I'm not naive. I know 
that there are plagues and things like that. But they're not everywhere, you know, and if a plague strikes, there are other countries where the plague won't have strike who are throwing away perfectly good fruit and vegetables because it doesn't look pretty enough for marketplace. It's like those magazines, you know, we, we, we don't want to look at, at dull paper in our, in our glossy, you know, we want these glossy magazines um, and we don't want fruit that's, you know, got a brown spot on it or something like that. But we don't know that we do want that stuff. We actually do want that stuff, you know. We really do because we we claim we want peace. We claim we want a, a healthy environment and clean oceans. We claim to care about animals. And we definitely, I mean, even people who don't even give a second's thought about domestic animals that they're eating and using and wearing. And a lot of people really do care. Uh, deeply about wild animals and it's all because of us all these terrible things are happening and we you know we all have the power to change it that's why I do vegan advocacy uncompromising vegan advocacy and you know I'm not afraid to tell these people these things um, I remember I remember one one thing that happened that I've noticed myself uh, in the debate and I really recommend listening to this debate between um, Gary Francione and Eric Marcus I really recommend listening to it. Um, the the one of the things that I love the most about the debate is that Gary Francione is reaching out to Eric Marcus. He is saying to him, you know, come help. Let's do this, brother. He said we can change the world. He was so positive. We can do this. People don't get that because they're too busy hearing the negative or hearing the criticism which is valid criticism and focusing on that the whole debate he was a reaching out a hand across to Eric Marcus saying join us you know we can do this we can do this come do this with us you know help us do this wonderful positive right you know truthful stuff it was the whole time he was trying to do that of course he kept getting thwarted and kept getting you know big roadblocks thrown in his way and he had to deal with those with those things and and it ended up Eric didn't hear him he didn't hear him reaching out but the whole time if you listen Gary reaches out to him all the time and one of the things that Eric said to Gary during that debate was well, you know, if you sit next to somebody on, I'm curious to know what somebody says to you if you sit next to them on a, pla on a plane and say, well, animals are property, right? Does anybody remember that? But I pretty much know the debate off by heart, so I can pretty much quote you verbatim. But, um, but anyway, um, and I remember, you know, Gary said, well, uh, you know, I don't actually you know, start out conversations that way. I mean, you know, I have all these different ways of doing it. And he tried to share some of the ways of doing it. Of course, Eric didn't want to hear it, but he tried to share with him. This is how I get people to talk about veganism, you know, learn, you know. But um, anyway, but I'll tell you one thing. I do tell people animals are property and they get it because, you know, people come up and to, to the stall and they'll say things like, oh, you know, all the typical things, you know. And I'll say, um, you know, 
I can't remember. I'm not going to try to remember exact wording, but it gets to the point. And I will have that conversation with them sometimes, almost right from the beginning. You know, is like, look, you know, they are chattel property. These living sentient beings are things, you know. And I say, look, at, and I point to things that they have. I'm like your kitchen table, or I, or I'm like your shoes, or your watch, or your. Well, I try not to point to to shoes as much because they are made out of skin mostly. So, you know, I'll say like your watch or your car and stuff. I'm like, that's property, right? Um, you know, and um, they're not sentient. They can't, you know, and I said, but animals, animal property. And I've learned, I use the things that I've learned, you know, that I've learned from listening to Gary Francione and reading about abolition, reading about other people who know about the law as well, who've written about it extensively, like Dan Kudahi on his site, Unpopular Vegan Essays, and all the other advocates. I mean, you know, it is effective. And people, you know, they, it touches them because they, they all have cats and they all have dogs. And I say, you have a cat, you have a dog. I say, it's a diff- you know, what's the difference between your watch and your dog? And they know what the difference is. And these are people usually who try to say, they try to say, oh, animals aren't sentient, or they don't really understand what sentience is, you know. Um... They know what the difference is, and um, I do talk to have that conversation with people. So don't listen to Eric Marcus. Don't listen to him. Don't listen to those people who say that you can't talk to people about this. And I'm, you know, I'm looking forward, like the more that I do, to be able to sort of open people's mind and say, you know, your life. You know, and like I say, I can only right now do what I can do, and I'm in my community, which is New Zealand. It's a wealthy country. I'm in a the biggest city. It's multicultural. I'm very lucky. I'm not dealing with farmers, you know, the way my other friends and colleagues here in New Zealand are. I'm not dealing with the children of farmers generally, or you know, I'm not dealing with. Um, people who work in the, in the wool sheds or the slaughterhouses or whatever. I'm dealing with city kids, very international community as well. Um, but they're the ones who use, making all the demand for the products along with the other people. You know, a lot of things, a lot of, you know, a lot of times people forget, and I never understand why people forget this. They go on and on about the slaughterhouse workers and then the enemy, you know, the abusers, right? And, and, and the owners of the, of the, of the slaughterhouses and the owners of the farms and stuff. And they forget, or I don't get it, that those people, are using the products as well. I mean, they are the consumers of the products as well. They're not these evil people who are sitting there slaughtering all these animals, which is an evil thing to do, but we're all part of that evil. You can't point the finger at them if you're using animal products. You can't point the finger at them. But they're not sitting there saying, you know, laughing their diabolical laughs, killing the animals, and then selling the the flesh and the, and the skin and the poison to your children. They're feeding it to their children too. They're feeding it to themselves as well. They're consumers as well to them because it's just as normal as is to us to use the products. So they're just the same. Their mindset is they can't, they're just like anybody else. They're like, why are you complaining? You guys want this product. We need this stuff. You know, we need this stuff to to, um, to eat. We need this stuff to wear. You know, they don't know that we don't need it. And not only that, it's their living. So they're like, you know, I'm making money doing this. And that's, you know, and why are they making all this money? You know, because people are demanding the, you know, people are demanding the products. I mean, it's just so simple. But anyway, I'm getting off track. So anyway, um, I just, I'm, I'm really looking forward to when I start talking to more young people, I can say to them, you know, 
your lives and I'm like I say I can only speak about my culture and my my country at the moment I mean I would love to go and do more outreach worldwide and stuff but I got to start with me and then somebody hopefully will listen and they will go back to their community like if somebody just comes by somebody from some country and comes by the store and is inspired and stuff they can go back to their country and do it and they'll be listened to because they'll be a member of that community that's why I love podcasts in all accents in all voices, in all languages. I love the power of the spoken voice. I really, really do. I think it's very, very powerful. As we, as you all know, I love podcasts. And, you know, when you get somebody who speaks in your accent, who has your slang, or maybe your age group, and we have podcasts from older people, from younger people. we got podcasts from teenagers. I mean, all communities, you know, and I can only do what I'm doing in my community so I'm lucky enough to be able to have a community I can say your lives aren't even going to change when you go vegan um, in any fundamental way that's going to be like say if you suddenly like got diabetic and you suddenly had to deal with diabetes or something like that. some people look at veganism as like it's like an illness and you have to deal with it the way that somebody who suddenly has um, you know a severe allergy or something has to deal with no I mean you just avoid animal products and it's yes they're in everything but plants are in everything too and there's so many things that you can use that are not made of animals maybe you're not going to get to your fancy shoes right now but you know if you if we if we have enough people we can start remaking shoes out of recycled stuff and people are so creative and people are just you know we just can't help ourselves you know there'll be some fence i think there already is in the states somebody's making fancy schmancy shoes out of like recycled rubber and it's recycled and it's vegan i mean we can do this so i want to look at these kits and i'm like now more than ever the time is now and we need to hurry up it has to be exponential it has to be if you look at those graphs of like human population growth or you look at those graphs of like um, animal extinction or pollution they all just shoot up right they just got they're just like this graph that just goes vertical that's what veganism needs to be doing and then you're going to see those other graphs going down so we it is you know it's exponential the only you know that that brings me to my next um, part of my podcast that I wanted to talk about that Randy helped me helped me to deal with which is something that I'm really really trying to get people people to understand so I was talking to Randy and he said you know um, he heard Will Tuttle give a speech now Will Tuttle wrote the world peace diet and he's tours the, and he tours and he gives a lot of speeches I've never heard him speak but um, Randy said one of the things that he said was and I'm paraphrasing and this is third party paraphrasing so you know please please don't think that I'm trying to I don't know, misrepresent. I mean, I hope I hope I get this right. But what I what I want to get out of whatever I'm about to say is is, is relevant. So I just want to give credit where credit's due. I didn't I didn't come up with this. But anyway, Randy said that he heard Will Tell speak, and Will Tell had mentioned about how you know you meet somebody, and you talk to them about veganism, and you might be the fifth person. Like some people, it might take two times being talked to. Other people, it might take twenty times being talked to. Other people it might take a hundred times being talked to. So you might speak to somebody. And it's only the fifth time that they've had this ideas presented to them, the idea of veganism, because it's really what this is about, you know. Um, and 
then that person might be a 25 time person they need to hear it 25 times and you're only the fifth person so you just got to so so that was something that that it was part of a speech or something that Randy had had mentioned or he'd gotten out of it okay and then Randy said to me you know so you think about it you know you meet these people in the street and um you say animals are not uh you know they shouldn't be used um you know slavery is immoral we need to stop using animals it's very easy to go vegan we all need to go vegan boom right and um and that person maybe that's the first time they ever heard it like literally the first time they ever heard it and maybe that particular person they only need to hear it one time and it'll start a catalyst and boom they'll be off or maybe that person because we live in a society saturated with species norms and values as we know from um, learning from sociology from professor yates has said that many times and um they might need to hear it 20 times or 30 times or 40 times and so you're the first time right and then say that person meets randy sandberg and randy sandberg says animals are sentient they shouldn't be used we have no right to enslave living sentient beings for our uses um violence is wrong need to go vegan we all need to go vegan it's the second time that person heard it now we have two times two different people saying it to that person to that same person the same thing right you know with slight variations because we all have our own little spin that we put on things some people emphasize other things more than others but the fundamental message needs to be the same right and then you get that person and they go to they meet another advocate and the other advocate is abolitionist and they say animals they shouldn't be property we have no right to use animals you can go vegan violence is wrong we all need to go vegan now you've got three people can you imagine i mean that's how that's how we're going to change the world and then this this is kind of you know and then then what we were saying what what one of the things that randy said you know was like then the fifth person he meets is somebody who says you can just cut down and you can buy free range and then randy's like all the way back to one you know and that's what we mean by welfare setting us backwards you know um hopefully if you know and the problem is one of the reasons why welfare is setting us backwards is because at the moment in the world we have one abolitionist for every hundred people promoting welfare can you imagine if and that's why i've said this before in my podcast every single time that a human being hears a, a rights-based message animal rights if they hear animal rights for real every single time there will be no confusion and people will start to get it so we just just do it you know that's all we need to do it's all we can do at the moment we need to get that you know that that graph you know that that graph needs to start shooting upwards exponentially and once that starts to happen and we need people to go abolitionist and say that thing and not be scared of saying it you know so that every single time a member of society meets an advocate for rights they hear that we have no right to use animals that veganism is easy and all the advocates are vegan 
as well. You know, the first thing that needs to happen is all the advocates need to go vegan, you know, and it, and it can be done in a respectful way. It'll be all different age groups, all different races of people, colors of the skin, as if that matters, which unfortunately, apparently it still does, hairstyles, you know, socioeconomic statuses, you know, across the board. Um, the way that happened with human slavery. That's the sort of the fundamental similarity. And... Um, and I think that Randy made a really good point, and I love that Will Tuttle made that point. So that's why I do it. And that brings me back to um, my um, my university group. My university group has not happened. And at first, I was really wanting to point the finger at myself and say, well, you don't, you know, because all of this stuff is really new to me. And um, sometimes in person... I know you might not believe it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I talk like too much. And in person, that is. You see, on a podcast, I can talk for an hour. Nobody interrupts and doesn't matter. It's a recording. But in the street or when you're trying to, you know, I don't know, communicate with somebody, it needs to be two-way. <laughs> you need to hear what they have to say. So I was blaming myself for this university group. Because I had, um, not that I had a lot of interest, I haven't been devoting a huge amount of time promoting it, I've got to admit. You know, I haven't really done a lot of promotion. I just put out the flyers, I made the website, and I had a couple of club days where you sit at the club day, and there's like four or five Christian clubs that dominate the scene, and they have Xboxes with really violent video game, I might add. And they have a free dinner and all the stuff, and you can win a prize and stuff. And then there was me, you know, with my um, with my pamphlets and um, and my posters. I used some of um, Animal Emancipation's posters, which are fabulous posters, and they're also really colourful, which is really eye-catching. Because one of the things apparently lacking in my student poster that I made was that it wasn't bright colour. Um, I got some advice from people. They're like, yeah, it's a white background. You need yellow. You need pink. You know, you need blue. And anyway, so, so, you know, I got, I actually got a bunch of people coming up and they signed their names and they gave me all the emails and I emailed them all and I never heard from them. They never responded. And, you know, I had a couple of other people come up and say they wanted to join and they always, like, every single one of them was very confused by why why couldn't we promote vegetarianism and why couldn't we you know promote um you know do do that kind of thing or you know work with safe or whatever and I was like no you know <laughs> that's not what this is about and they're like well what is it about and I'm like okay go on the website watch these videos you know look you know it's about abolition and I'm not and I don't want to point the finger either but I do I know like I don't know if this university group is going to start at my university. Um, I didn't succeed. Um, and there's probably a lot of things I did wrong. Um, but I also strongly believe that, you know, we are up against um, this welfarist mindset. You know, we're the one person telling the truth in the sea of lies right now. We just need to turn that table. So, you know, maybe in a few years when there's more abolitionists in New Zealand, because there will be, 
then they'll have it they will be able to get our abolitionist school group going but right now everybody wanted to promote welfare everybody wanted to promote vegetarianism and all of the kids who emailed me were like I'm a vegetarian and I'm an animal rights activist right so I emailed back saying okay go on the website and have a read and let's meet and like I said I met with a few of them and we talked and what I did was when I talked with them I just spoke, talked to them about veganism because at that moment in time I was speaking with a young person who I might never see again and in fact I didn't see some of them again who had expressed an interest who'd gone to who'd contacted me through this club that I'm supposed to start I keep saying group but it's actually a club and said I care about animal rights I want to do something what can I do I want to join your club what do you guys do where do you meet when do you meet I want to join your club and they're used to these well-funded welfareist um, organizations that put no pressure on anybody to be vegan they have vegan food and everything and it's free but if they didn't have vegan food and it was free these young kids would still go because none of them were vegan and they'd eat that food right and um, and they can do sort of these things where you know they promote they can promote the cage you know cage free or whatever la 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 so they they met me and I thought I have to talk to this person about veganism this this person and I just treat each person as a as a potential vegan you know so rather than sort of maybe that's what I did wrong you know maybe instead of saying to them just let's let's get as many of them together and I'll get them all in one room and then we'll we'll do it I just kind of like met with them and um and they said, okay, what's this all about? And we just talked about abolition and we talked about veganism. And they, But they all wanted to know, why won't you promote, you know, why won't you promote vegetarianism? Don't you think you're being a little, you know, don't you think you're being a little radical and all this stuff? And I just spoke with those kids. And like, we talked for like a good couple of hours, each person that I met. And these are the ones who actually took the time to come and meet with me. Everybody else was just an email. I'd get an email from somebody. I'd send them to the website and I'd never hear from them again. Um... So I asked other people to look at the website. Everybody said the website's great. The website just basically tells the truth. It's just about veganism, you know. Um, and I, like I say, I am not going to change. Like, I, I'm not blaming myself. I think that we're ripening them up. So we have the, you know, we are in the middle. Right now we're at the stage of ripening people up. So if it doesn't happen right away at your university or whatever, um... It doesn't mean it's not going to happen, you know. You just got to ripen them up, um, and that's what I'm. That's what I'm doing. So every person I meet who says that they care about animals and they care about a activism, if they're not vegan, the first thing I'm going to do is talk to them about veganism. That's the first thing I'm going to do. Um, there's no, I, I, you know, how dare I lie to them or um, trick them, you know? Um, but like I say, somebody else might have done a better job and somebody might have this group banging. It might already be happening because there's lots of stuff we could have done. I mean, I had all these big plans and stuff, but I kind of, I didn't spend as much time um, actually going around the school and handing stuff out and la, la, la. Um, I really didn't, you know, I admit that. I mean, I'm a little bit, you know, I'm only one person. I'm trying to do, um, trying to do what I can do. So, you know, I've got, I've got so much time and have all these plans of things that I'm going to do anyway. Um, I'm really, really excited about some of the things that I want to uh, that I want to do. Uh, I do want a few more people around. around. So, I'm just going to keep doing my stall, um, and um, I'm going to keep doing my podcast. And I, you know, there's I have all these I have other ideas. So, um, 
that's what I wanted to talk about today was um, one of one of the really clearest things that I wanted to clear was to say today was the thing that me that Randy and I were speaking about is that um, you know think about it that way think about it that first of all promoting animal welfare doesn't work it just it, it it hurts animals it keeps them in the property paradigm and and your and it's speciesist so you know don't do it don't be scared to talk to people about veganism um i challenge you to do it and also think about that concept think about if you had a cause like just take yourself out of the whole vegan cause for just a moment and let's think of another cause think of something that's really 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 important to you apart from veganism let's say it's um you really 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 wish that um guns would stop being produced like there'd just be no manufacture of guns where you just end the firearms then there'd be no more wars um i mean no it's not that simple but let's say something something i don't know i, I mean i can only think of peaceful things because that's what i want but and then imagine that say you you were your that was your message we must stop using guns and killing each other with guns and that's your message and you believe in it strongly and then everywhere around you you hear people saying just have two guns instead of three in your house just cut down on the amount of guns and you'd be like no stop telling people that you know tell people what i'm telling them because otherwise it's just me telling them and that doesn't help you know the victims of the guns you know because it's just me i need you to tell them that too and i need all of you to tell them that you know all of you who claim to believe in this you got to tell them that that's kind of the way it is with with vegan advocacy that's why we're so like please tell the same thing and then everybody says you just want us to say what you say and we're like we just want you to say the truth <laughs> it's not about who says it i didn't invent the truth you know the truth is what it is and anybody who's vegan and thinks that it's not true that we shouldn't be using animals and that we shouldn't be killing them wearing them exploiting them then well, you know of course of course you think that's the truth you're doing it right i mean maybe some people i've heard have other motivations for being vegan um, but I'm speaking to people who claim they want to see the abolition of animal use they want to see a vegan world you know vegan human race if you want to be pedantic about it and um, and then you know just do it and then every time a person hears this they're going to hear the same thing and like as Roger said in my last podcast they're going to stop laughing about it and they're going to start thinking about it because every time this issue comes up, it's going to be that message, you know? And so it's like, stop being so egotistical about it, you know? Um, think of the sort of the logic and the sort of practicality of what we're saying here. I mean, it makes perfect sense, right? But I thought that Randy, you know, and Will Tuttle's example was really a, a good way of putting it. Like, this particular person, you know, they need 10 times of hearing it and then nine out of those 10 times they're not hearing it <laughs> they're hearing just cut down or you can eat happy meat and that's all good and oh just don't buy factory farming and you're going to help save everything and oh you're doing a good thing no, no 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 you know so anyway i know i've said that before in other ways but i thought that i'd illustrate it with that with that example that randy said and i thought i got it was, it was really interesting i think it was a really great way of putting it that that um i think it was he said it was will tuttle who said that you know and i think he's right you know i mean i look at myself um and i look at my journey i mean we all have a journey towards veganism right 
um, I think a lot of our journeys, uh, a lot of us, our journeys would have been a lot faster if we'd heard a vegan message, a strong vegan message from the beginning. I know mine would. I didn't hear it. I didn't hear it until months later. And you know what? When I heard it, I went vegan. It might have taken me a couple of weeks. I might have had to watch some gory, horrible, terrible things to smack me out of my slumber. Not everybody has to, though. But it was the vegan message that made me go vegan and made me decide to go vegan. And I decided to go vegan. And that doesn't mean that I was vegan right away because there was things I had to learn, but I decided to. So that's another thing that people say, oh, we can't intimidate. Oh, stop scaring people away by talking about honey. What a load of rubbish. <laughs> Bees are animals. They're tortured. Don't use honey. But it's like when somebody decides to go vegan, like if somebody says to me, uh, I, I get it, I'm, I'm going to go vegan. I'm like, fantastic. And then a couple of weeks later, that person might say, well... I just found out that, you know, honey's not vegan or something like that. Um, why, do you, why do people think that they're going to suddenly say, right, that's it, I'm giving everything up and I'm going back to using all animal products, you know. It's ridiculous, this veganism thing. It's just a load of nonsense. No. And everybody has their journey. I was drinking wine for a long time. I mean, I don't know. The, the, I was working in a bar on the weekends. So anyway, it was a few, I think it was a good month maybe before I got to that bit of information about the wine you know because nobody gave me like a list and said you know what I did actually you know what it was incredible this is going to prove a bunch of people wrong I did go on this website and I can't remember which one it was it was ages ago and it, and it said and it had all these things listed that I could, didn't even think about I think that's where I learned about silk and pearls I didn't think I had a pearl necklace, and William knows all about this pearl necklace, which is now gone. I destroyed it. But pearls come from oysters. We don't need pearls, and they're and they're pried open, and they're they're gouged out, and and they get their pearl stolen, and that's not vegan, you know. And um, at the time, I didn't. At the time, I thought, wow, you know. I thought, oh no, pearls, I love pearls, but it wasn't enough, you know, I'd, I'd, it wasn't a thing that made me turn around and say, oh, well, I'm never, ever, ever going to be vegan ever, I'm just going to go back to eating animals. The bottom line is, because I still was speciesist, I mean, speciesism is entrenched, it takes a while to get it out of your system. I believe I'm still speciesist, you know, it's almost like racism, you know, you just look deep down inside yourself, I don't care what race you are, you look deep inside yourself. And you'll find out you're a racist a little bit. You just, you've just been conditioned. You know, be aware of it and then you can overcome it. So speciesism is very much entrenched. So I did not get rid of my pearl necklace for a long time. Okay. But it didn't mean that, that I decided I wasn't going to be vegan. And it doesn't mean that if people now say to me, you weren't vegan because you had this pearl necklace, I could say to them, you're right, you know, you're right. But it's not going to make me turn around to them and say, right, that's it. You're, um, you just want an exclusive club and you don't want me in it. And like, no, they're telling me the truth. It's up to me to deal with it. It's just these people, they just don't get it. So don't listen, don't listen to those people. It's just nonsense. Don't listen to those people. Tell people the truth. 
they're going to decide to go vegan and then they're going to have to learn what it is, what it means. And yeah, they're going to find out a bunch of information. It's a, Once you learn about it, you actually get hungry for more information. You're like, well, you start Googling stuff and you start finding out. You know, you start going out of your way to look for stuff that's because you don't want to participate in the slaughter and the violence anymore. Once you waken that part, part up inside somebody, why why do people think... I don't understand that way of thinking. I refuse to think that way. That is poverty of ambition. That is speciesism. I want nothing to do with it. If we're going to change the world, you know, it's up to us. So just think about that. Um, so I really want to thank um, Doug Hines for inspiring me to... Think, rethink a little bit. Um, I, I do think that um, it doesn't mean I'm going to stop talking about my experiences on the street or that I'm going to stop trying to have advice about advocacy or something like that. But I do, I do want a pain. I want people to, you know, I want to make an inviting place for people to go. I want to inspire people to do it. So I, I was, I'm inspired by those words, and I really, really appreciate him taking the time to write that. I appreciate Tim for taking the time to respond and, and add, and add um, some also some very valuable things. I think he's right. Education is education as well. I think they can work together, though, um, those two ideas. And I also really want to thank Randy Sandberg for um, helping me with this sort of visual, this like, I, this sort of like I see this twenty. I see this person, the twenty, the twenty person. They need twenty people to tell them, and then the fifth person, or the nineteenth person, is like you know tells them they can, um, they can have their happy meat and eat it too, and then they slide back to number one. But hopefully it's not that bad. Hopefully they only drop back a couple of steps. But um, the more people we have, we're gonna start being. They're gonna start hearing more truth than lies, and, and that's what's gonna. They're not gonna be able to ignore it. And so thank you, Randy, and thank you, Will Tuttle, for saying that speech that Randy heard that inspired Randy to make the suggestion to me, which allowed me to try to be coherent about that. Okay, so um, I think I'm done. Um, next podcast, I think I'm going to try to clarify a little bit more what I'm talking about, and this is about advocacy, and this is about, you know, talking to people um, now, um, but I will try to make it as positive as possible. Um, with regard to my concerns about the whole diet um, focus, but I don't want people to get the wrong idea and think that I'm naive about the fact that it's the majority of our use is food, and as long as we're using them for food, you know, nothing else is really going to change. I, I know that that's true, but that's not what I was trying to say when I was trying to say this veganism is not a diet thing. So I'm going to try to clarify that, and I really appreciate um, some of the great um, people who've had given thoughts on that, and um, hopefully have more guests on soon. And um, and I'll be back, uh, maybe even next week. And thanks for listening. Bye.